So this is Psalm 29. Honor the Lord, you heavenly beings. Honor the Lord for his glory and strength. Honor the Lord for the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord echoes above the sea. The glory of God thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty sea. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord splits the mighty cedars. The Lord shatters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon's mountains skip like a calf. He makes Mount Hermon leap like a young ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with bolts of lightning. The voice of the Lord makes the barren wilderness quake. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists mighty oaks and strips the forest bare. In his temple, everyone shouts glory. The Lord rules over the floodwaters. The Lord reigns as king forever. The Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. So may this reading of his word bless us today. Well, hello. Let's continue to have a bit of fun. And, um, I want us to actually start, though, with a question. So this psalm is obviously all about hearing the voice of God. And I want to start with asking you, do you prefer God's ear or God's voice? By which I mean, do you prefer listening to God or God listening to you? Is your conversation with God very one way? He's constantly listening to you and you're never really listening to him. Or is it a dialogue? Is it a conversation where you're enjoying his voice and building relationship? It's really hard to build relationship without a two-way conversation. So that's just a, a base question for starting with um, starting this, what I'm saying here. Because I just want to encourage you all to listen more to God. Listen more to his voice. Enjoy his voice. And that's really what David's doing here in this psalm. He's just praising God for his voice. He's just praising God the, well, his wonderful voice, his majestic voice, his powerful voice. And um, this is something for everyone. This is, John 10 says, my sheep hear my voice. There's, there's no one here who can't hear the voice of God. Every single person here, if you're a sheep, <laughs> you can hear the voice of God. And um, another point is, God's pretty much always speaking. In Psalm 139, it says, how precious, precious are your thoughts towards me, O God, how vast the sum of them many as a grain of sands on the seashore. So um, generally he's speaking. It's whether we're listening that's the, that's the question. And um, so if we get into the psalm now, um, in verse 2, it says, Give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. Glory is a big word, um, but it can be defined literally like this. God in self-manifestation, which sounds again quite big, but that literally just means God doing what he does and being who he is. That is glory. When God does something, it's his glory. So here, David's just praising God and bringing out the glory that is in his voice. God's voice is part of his glory. It's part of who he is. It's part of what he does. And so we want to behold that glory. We want to see that glory. We want to experience his glory. Um, Isaiah 43, verse 7 says, We were created for his glory. It's why you were created for his glory. And um, a guy called John Piper said, to see it, to savor it, to behold it, to show it. 
for his glory. See it, savor it, behold it, show it. And so as we behold the glory of God in his voice, we, we can see it, we savor it, we behold it, we experience it. And then afterwards that, we can show it. A bit like it, as it says in um, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. We, we look, we behold the glory of God, and then we're transformed into that same image to show the glory of God. And, and so the idea of just behold the glory of God, enjoy the glory of God, enjoy his voice. And then out of that, you can then display his glory to everyone else. And like in the last few weeks, I've seen so much of God's glory in his voice. Um, like I've just come, up at, come from a youth camp and we've seen six people give their lives to Jesus pretty much, well, and his voice has been paramount in that. And they've been hearing God's voice and yeah, it's just been incredible seeing the power in God's voice working through that. And um, if we move to verse three, um, the voice of the Lord, the God of, the God of glory thunders. I think that's... Um, well, it's how we often think about when God speaks. It's, it's a thunder. It's, and to be honest, there'll be people here who've heard God in that way, um, and it's awesome. It's, it's, well, awe in the sense of awe. Like, it's powerful. Um, just a quick story around that. Funny story. Um, I had a friend who was, um, well, on a youth week, and he was, he was, we were just spending time with God, just uh, listening to him and quiet time kind of thing, and he was wandering around. And he hears this, voice, hears this voice from heaven. Go, Jacob! <laughs> this is God speaking in a very over-exaggerated way. Go to Africa. <laughs> and um, my friend Jacob comes in and he goes, I've heard God, I've heard God. He said, go to Africa. And um, he was, what, I don't know, 13. Um, and, yeah. and then a very sheepish youth worker wanders in the door <laughs> and um, <laughs> says, sorry, that was me from the third story window. <laughs> I didn't think you'd, you'd take it that way. Um, but I think <laughs> that's not normally how God's voice is, right? That's not normally what God's voice is like. Um, 90, at least 92 times in the Old Testament it says, and the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, came to Isaiah, Isaiah came to Ezekiel. It's just kind of like that. The word of the Lord came to. Often in the presence of other people, often in the presence of kings, it was just like, and the word of the Lord came to him, mid-conversation, and he spoke. So it's not normally, the most common way we see in the Bible is it just came to. And you also see it's normally, well, if you look at 1 Kings 19, where Elijah's sat in the mouth of a cave, and this fire, this this wind, this earthquake, all these incredibly powerful, thunderous things happen. And um, then there was a still, small voice. And it says, God was in the still, small voice. And that is his most common way of speaking. The still, small voice. Um, and this one, when I first read this, I was really confused. In 1 Samuel 3, um, Samuel, he's a young boy. Um, yeah, young boy. And he was, he, it was in the night, and he hears a voice go, Samuel, Samuel. And he goes, yes, Eli, who's the high priest. Um, and Eli goes, I did not call you. Go back to bed. And it happens again. Samuel, Samuel. Go back to bed again. Um, and he goes, Samuel. And he hears the voice again. Samuel, Samuel. And then Eli goes, oh, right, yeah, that's God speaking. Say yes, Lord. And um, there is also the idea of, you may not even know. Samuel did not even know it was God speaking to him. He had to have someone else who knew what the voice of God sound like, sounds like, point it out to him. So just in terms of encouragement, in terms of listening to the voice of God, learning to hear his voice more, talk to people who you can see that can hear his voice. Like, it is biblical to say, I'm not sure if that's the voice of God. Even Paul said, I think I have the spirit of the Lord. I think. 
in the New Testament, in 2 Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians 7, I think. Um, I think. And so there is that idea of actually, sometimes you're not sure, but get other people to help you listen in that. And Eli, who knew what the voice of God sounded like, could help him um, actually to listen. And um, actually, one last thing on that. Luke 24, verse 32. They're on the road to Emmaus. Um, Jesus was chatting with these two guys, and he's wandering along. And um, after Jesus has went, they found out it was Jesus. One of them said to the other one, did not our hearts burn within us while he spoke with us? And there's that idea of when God speaks to you, your heart is warmed. When you hear Jesus speak to you, your heart is warmed. Um, And as with Psalm 25, verse 10, it's always full of love. Your heart is warmed by the path. He's always going to lead you in that path of love and faithfulness. Your heart is always filled with love. Um, And then moving on to verse 4. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. You know, there's, there's nothing, oh, personally I find there's nothing better than just sitting, listening to Jesus and being with Jesus. There's nothing better than that. Like as, as Mary, Mary in Luke chapter 10, Martha was doing much serving, but Mary just came and sat at the feet of Jesus and listened to him. And that's just the most incredible place, just intimacy with Jesus, intimacy with God. And his voice is majestic and you just get to sit and listen in Song of Songs. It's chapter two, it says, let me hear your voice. For your voice is lovely. And that you just get to sit and listen to God. Um, and to be honest, 1 Corinthians 1.9 says, you were called for fellowship with Jesus. Of all the callings you have, you might be called as a pastor, called as a, a teacher somewhere, called as a, a doctor. Of all your callings, you were called for fellowship with Jesus. To walk worthy of that calling, walk in intimacy and fellowship with Jesus. Um, and actually, one more story about the, the majesty of God's voice. Um, and I just love this one. I was, I was just going out, talking to Jesus, and, and he goes, go up to that woman and say, God says egg. And I was like, all right, Lord, I'm kind of past this. I'm, I'm, I'm on to, like, giving verses now. I'm not, I'm not going to just go and say egg. Come on, we did that when I was, like, 10. Um, and so I go up to this woman, and I go, God says egg. And like that, she started laughing. And... Um, then she looked at me and went, this whole week, me and my family have been wandering up to each other and just whispering the word egg. Right? And so I was, I was happily surprised at that point. <laughs> um, that wasn't what I was expecting. But there's that element of it's so majestic when you just get to see God involved through his voice in, in day-to-day life, in, in every moment, in well, and in that situation, it brought encouragement to her. She, she was a bit discouraged, and it brought encouragement. Also, God's part of the family, and not just the family, the, the body of Christ, but like literally, it was her family, her immediate family who were doing this. And God joined in on the game. God joined in and was, was part of that, that day-to-day family life. And it was incredible. And um, I just love the things that brings out about his character. Like in Hebrews 1.9, it says, Jesus had more joy than any man who ever lived in... Um, Luke 6, you can see that, show that Jesus laughed more with joy than anyone else ever. In, in Psalm 144, you can show that Jesus was happier than anyone else ever. Like, God's full of joy. God's happy. God's having fun. And so um, just enjoy him in that way. Enjoy seeing him work like that. And then, um, well, I guess maybe on a little bit more of a serious note, um, in verse 5, the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, shatters or splinters the cedars of Lebanon. 
the, the Caesars of Lebanon were known for their, their size, their strength. Um, nowadays, you might say diamond, maybe. Shatters the diamonds. Um, but the voice of the Lord breaks through the strongest things like that. They're, in every, well, in some of your lives, there's going to be places that, well, are strongholds of the devil, that are strong, that you just like, I can't break through there. I cannot break through. That is established, and it may be, it may be fear, it may be anxiety, it may be hopelessness, it may be anger. You just can't seem to break through. And it says the voice of the Lord shatters those strong things, shatters it. And um, just a, a short testimony around that, around, around anxiety and fear and, and bringing peace. Um, I, at one point, I, I felt like God was saying, go, well, we were praying for this woman, I felt like God said, pacifier, but in like the American sense. So like a dummy, like a baby's dummy, but pacifier. And um, she told me last week um, that at that point she'd, she'd, well, very recently found out she was pregnant and that she was quite nervous about having that baby. And um, that word brought peace. The voice of the Lord brought peace. She was nervous and it brought peace. Um, as well as just showing God knew and that God cared. And then, um, yeah, verse 8. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. Um, Kadesh there uh, is one of the main places the Israelites were in the wilderness. So they, if you look through numbers, as we've read in Restore recently, Kadesh, 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 Kadesh. They kept going back to that place. And that idea of here that David's bringing out is the voice of the Lord will break that well place, that desert place, that, that wilderness that you keep going back to. A bit like what I said a second ago, but like there are, there are places in people's lives that you keep failing again and again and again. It's that place where the life of God just can't seem to break through. That you're in the desert, you're in the wilderness, you can't seem to get the life of God there. And God says here, as an encouragement to you, the voice of the Lord shakes, shatters the wilderness. Some, some of you, that might even be what you feel like right now in terms of your life. You might feel like a desert place. You might feel dry, spiritually, that is. And God's saying, my voice will shake that wilderness. My voice will break through and bring life. Um, pour water as the picture of the Holy Spirit on that desert. But I think there's, there's this element of it, it, moving on from that. Like, that is something we definitely want. We want the voice of God to be shaking wildernesses, breaking strongholds. There's an element that you need to practice. You've got to practice. Um, the, the Holy Spirit is described as a fire. And um, Paul says to Timothy, fan into flame the gift that is in you. Fan it into flame. You can either quench the life of the Spirit or you can fan it into flame. And you've got to be willing to fan into flame the life of the Spirit in you. You've got to be willing to practice it. Like Just a few examples. Like Last week we were playing sardines with the Holy Spirit. So the sardines, you know, when you get, someone goes and hides and everyone goes and hides with them. We literally, we, we were in the morning, we were praying and we felt like, God wanted us to play sardines. So we all as a group, we're just like, all right, Lord, oops, um, where, where, where are they hiding? And there were times when it literally, we'd just walk as a train across quite a large site, just as in a line, straight to where they were hiding. Just practice, practice. We got it wrong plenty of times, but practice, practice, practice. And we got better. You just practice. I, I used to sit there and sometimes still do with a random number generator. Just, oh, that wasn't God. Oh, that was God. That was God. That was God. That wasn't God. Just learning, learning, learning. What was his voice sound like? 
And to be honest, the most important point with that was, was my heart warmed, generally. I could tell, it, I got to the point which was really great, where I, could, I didn't necessarily get them all right, but I could tell you when I'd get it wrong. Um, and it really helped with not delivering so many words that, that I wasn't sure on. Um, yeah, so, yeah, he who is faithful in little will be faithful in much. Be faithful in the practice. Practice, practice, practice. Be willing to get it wrong. Um, like, don't, yeah, don't be afraid to get it wrong. In, in Proverbs 14, verse 4, it says, Where there are no oxen, the stable is clean. But if you want to harvest, you need some ox. And um, that idea of, actually, the, um, the life of God flowing through you can look a little bit messy. If you want fruit, if you want the life of God flowing, you're going to need, if you want to harvest, is in the metaphor, you need some oxen. And if you're going to have oxen, you're going to have a bit of mess. You've got to be willing to get it wrong. Don't be... Don't be so afraid of looking undignified. Like, I went and said egg to someone. Like, don't be afraid of looking undignified. Don't be afraid of not looking respectable and therefore not getting to live in what God's got for you. Um, just be willing to get it wrong. Practice. Be willing to get it wrong. Um, yeah, like, okay, as a, as a good testimony of what happens even when you do get it wrong, I, um, I was once out on the street talking to someone and um, I felt like God was saying something about their mum. I was like, oh, your mum's this, 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 this. And he's like, nope. I was like, ah, okay. And then, not one to be discouraged, I was like, all right, Lord, I want another word of knowledge. What are we going for? And um, he goes, I felt like God was saying something about his uncle. So I listed a few things about his uncle, and he goes, nope, completely wrong. <laughs> um, and you know what? He gave his life to the Lord five minutes later. Like, God's happy to work through if you get it wrong. Don't worry about getting it wrong. Um, and then there's one final point, just to end. Um, or actually, just on that, David said, and I'll be even more undignified than this. So, don't be worried if you look undignified. Um, yeah. But one final point. And in verse 9 it says, and strips the forests bare. The voice of the Lord strips the forests bare. And I think that's probably the main reason, that and practice are the, probably one of the, or the two main reasons we do not experience more of the voice of God. And strips the forests bare. The amount of people I come into contact with who are terrified of what God might say if they listen to him. They're terrified. I was talking to someone last week who was like, I'm just scared that God's going to say this and this and this. And they're great things, but he was just scared that God was going to tell him to do these things. Like, when, well, when you're reading the Bible and you see a, see a nice verse, like, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. You're like, oh, that's great. And then if you listen to God and he goes, right, now go tell that person about me. <laughs> right? Some people are terrified of God coming out, coming out of his book and speaking to you, living God, speaking to you and asking you to do things, talking to you. Um, but I think you've got to be honest with yourself here. Perfect love casts out fear. If, if you're scared of the voice of God, and I'm sure there will be some people here who are, you need more revelation of his love. Perfect love casts out fear. I'm not saying God won't tell you to do those things. He will. But you can do it without fear. Perfect love casts out fear. And, but then again, he will always lead you in the path of love and faithfulness. That voice will always lead you in the path of love and faithfulness. You will never, well, lead you anywhere else than that. It will always be full of love. For you, but also for others. And so, well, just to end, I just want to encourage you to listen more to God in the day-to-day life. Be willing to practice. Be willing to get it wrong. Go for it.